So we found out today that, and we think we knew this already, the man who uh, went into the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco, attacked her husband, uh, allegedly with a hammer, has now told police she was the target. He wanted to take her hostage. Uh, David DePape has been charged with two federal crimes. Um, again, her 82-year-old husband, uh, Nancy Pelosi's, that is, is recovering in hospital. He was attacked with a hammer and seriously injured those charges today. DePape, of course, has a Canadian connection. He was raised in Powell River, B.C., before moving to California some 20 years ago. Uh, he'd been posting memes and conspiracy theories on Facebook about COVID-19 vaccines, the 2020 election, the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, but the attack on Pelosi or the attack on her husband and with her as the target does confirm that a lot of this language that's being used specifically around Pelosi herself, but also around others in the Democratic Party specifically dehumanizes people. Um, it opens the door for these sorts of attacks. There are other issues at hand here, no doubt, but the dehumanizing language, um, the demonization of Pelosi herself has caused a real issue. With more on that is Wendy Villa. She's the co-founder and president of the Global Project Against Hate and Extremism. And she joins me now. Thanks for your time. Thank you for inviting me. We've been learning more about what happened uh, late last week in San Francisco today. There's a charge sheet out. Uh, we've had the weekend to think about it. Um, what's, what's, what impression has it left on you, that this attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, and also that we now know, according to the charge sheet at least, that the suspect very much intended to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage, really? That's what's coming out. I know. It's it's quite frightening. I think that it's not surprising. It, 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 it was not surprising that we had an act of violence. And it was not even that surprising that we had an act of violence against, you know, um, a political leader. What was surprising to me is that they that this man was willing to attack a family member, even after learning that uh, Nancy Pelosi was not present. It's it it speaks to, in my mind, it speaks to sort of a desperation of the people who are convinced that still the 2020 election was stolen and that the Democrats are doing all they can to destroy the country and the Constitution. And again, we talk about this every single time. And I mean, you, you know, we talk about this every time it happens. What is it going to take for for this to stop? I mean, I, I don't want to only want to blame one side, but a lot of this, the, the anti-Nancy Pelosi stuff is clearly one side. Um, the idea of, of fomenting violence against her, we saw it on January 6th, is clearly from one side. What's it going to take for this to stop on both sides, but specifically when it comes to uh, the far right and their sort of preaching violence in the in the aftermath of the 2020 election? I think it's going to take a couple of things. And while certainly there have been uh, violent incidents from far left, primarily, you know, years past in uh, ecology and that kind of thing, we cannot deny the fact that, uh, let's go with 99%, is coming from the far right. And it has moved into a level of extremism that the country did not have six or seven years ago. So, I mean, I think that what is going on is that Trump awakened the feelings, the anger, the fear in our country. And of course, it's not just the United States, it's spread everywhere. And you do see other politicians in other countries, leaders, taking up these same issues. Hungary, Poland, um, as you were mentioning, Bolsonaro down in uh, Brazil. It is a global phenomenon. And what I think it takes to stop it, 
it won't happen. It won't be stopped overnight and we're not going to fix the situation overnight. But immediately these politicians, these political leaders, these influencers can stop stoking the embers of fear. It, it, they must stop it. When you say over and over and over again that a woman like Nancy Pelosi, is, she is hell bent on destroying the country. And if you, and if she isn't stopped, then it's going to have impact you specifically, Ben or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. It, what what do you expect to happen? There's going to be violence, and so immediately, all these people who have said that they wish Paul Pelosi well, they hope he has a speedy recovery. They're so very sorry and shocked and amazed at the at fact that this violence has occurred and has no place in our society. Not one of them has denounced the rhetoric that leads to this kind of violence. Given where you sit, what's your what's your sense of where this is going? I have to tell you that right now, I feel like we are sort of, we're just in this terrible waiting room until next Tuesday when the elections in the United States are, are held. One thing, I mean, obviously I fear for the United States, I'm American and we do a lot of work here, but we do a lot of work transnationally. We've done work in Canada. And what I fear is the effects of the United States on other countries. We've seen it. I mean, there's just no question that the extremism is exported. I do fear for our democracy. Like, I I, I don't want to be um, hyperbolic about it. Yeah. yeah. But today, (laughs) I'm afraid for what's going to happen next Tuesday. Afraid because of how people will react if they lose. There's that. I think we have to watch in the days leading up to the election for violence. Obviously, what happened with Mr. Pelosi, but there's, of course, armed people sitting at at ballot boxes. And I don't know that there's going to be another capital insurrection, but there could be something similar at at a more local level. But more frightening than that, well, I should say equally frightening to that, is how our democracy will be fundamentally changed at the state level which it will take a generation to fix that. You know, for a Canadian watching uh, the U.S., and, you know, I remember back to Bush and Gore and all the times that things were, you know, it hasn't always been smooth. It seems almost, um, it's it's hard to imagine. It's hard. It, someone had told me 20 years ago, there will be a time in the U.S. when a significant number of people will question the outcomes of elections. And I mean all elections. Uh, and that many people will believe that they're rigged that uh, that perhaps one of the world's strongest, oldest democracies will be where, you know, the, the one vote, the one tool you have available to you is your vote. And if you start to denounce that or call that into question, you're essentially burning the whole thing down to some extent. And I think it's just been surprising to have watched January 6th, then to watch the kind of the lack of reaction to it um, on, on by many. And then now we're talking about it again. And it's, um, you know, it's hard to imagine what comes next. If it isn't stopped, um, I mentioned that the that politicians should immediately stop this rhetoric. They should denounce the rhetoric itself and refuse to engage in it. That would go a long way. Social media companies could finally step up and do what they have promised to do to protect democracies around the world. I have little hope that that's going to happen, certainly now. One thing I want to say is that a lot of these people, the ones that you see on making videos and on, on social media and the ones that show up at the ballot boxes to, in, with, in their camouflage and carrying guns, and they really believe that they are protecting the United States. They believe that it is being stolen because they have been fed lies. And eventually, 
the left or progressives who do not believe these lies, but they also are going to believe that the elections are stolen. And with given all the changes at the uh, state level with the election boards, and it could be set up so that it is unclear if, you know, how, how transparent, uh, well, that, you know, unclear how transparent the elections are. But then we, in the next, in 2024, some of these states could decide to throw out the vote and put in their own electors. There's a bill in Congress that hasn't passed yet to, to prevent that. But this is what we're talking about when we say the fall of democracy and look how quickly it's happened. Wendy Villa, we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you.